This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. My name's Annalise, and I'm an exercise physiologist and nutritionist here. My name is Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we are joined by our very special guest, Carissa Fish. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes. So Carissa is a lifestyle educator here with us, um, but she is also a mindfulness master. (laughs) Generous. Thank you. (laughs) She doesn't know that she just found that out right now. She had no idea. But in reality, um, she has a master's in mind-body medicine and a certificate in integrative wellness coaching. Oh, wow. Yes. And I know mindfulness and health really go hand in hand. We teach that a lot here. We like to get that that mind-body connection. And Carissa is super passionate about it. So we are wondering what what brought you to that? What what kind of is your story to your your mindfulness masterness? Yeah, great question. So I think like many people, I got into what I'm into because I needed it. So uh, left to my own devices, I am a very stressed out, type A, anxious person. And so I think it was high school that someone recommended meditation to me. And I was, like many people, resistant to it at first. Uh, And then when I finally started using it, it was so helpful in managing my anxiety and just helping me kind of navigate the world a little bit differently. And so in college, I ended up uh, majoring in biopsychology because I couldn't pick whether I was more interested in physical health or mental health. And then when I went to grad school, I found out that there's another degree that smushes those together. So I studied mind-body medicine. And so I've just been really interested uh, for a long time in how to help our minds be well, help our bodies be well, and that that connection that you mentioned. uh, Because... They really are connected, and I think maybe 20, 30 years ago that sounded like hocus pocus, but uh, these days <laughs> we know that that's true. Uh, even just from basic stuff, where you know if you're stressed, you're more likely to get sick. It depresses your immune system. So, helping people be well in sort of that whole body way, and then I still apply it myself uh, to help myself be well as best I can. That's a lot of things. It was a lot of yeah. things. <laughs> I did not know they had a degree that that was different in that factor. I actually had no idea. This is news to me. That's really cool. I was really excited. I I waited a while to go back to grad school because I wanted to do something I was really excited about. And it took me a while to find a place with a degree that I made me light up. So So do you lean more towards like the mental or the physical? Or are you really kind of equal on both grounds, which you're more passionate about? I think I'm I'm just... uh, more knowledgeable about the mental side. I've been learning a ton about the the physical side. You know, I already had a solid foundation, but the more time I spend here with you guys uh, at Positive Choice, I learn more and more. And of course, those that's incorporated in all of our classes as well. Very cool. So before we go down the down the rabbit hole with this, let's define mindfulness yes. a little bit. What what is that? You mentioned the hocus pocus thing. Yes, and I think that yes. We do associate that. We're like, oh yeah, this new age nonsense, mm-hmm. whatever. So, so what is mindfulness? 
Excellent question. So the definition I like to use comes from John Kabat-Zinn, and he is responsible for sort of taking um, mindfulness, which originally comes from more Eastern traditions, and sort of bringing it into the West, and specifically into the medical field. Uh, so he was a medical doctor who sort of started to bring this in a little bit more. Um, so he says that mindfulness is three things. It means paying attention, on purpose, in the present moment. And so the idea is most of the time, I don't know about you guys, but for me, my brain is like 15 places at once at any given time. And so mindfulness is a way of sort of just reining that all in and being present with one thing at a time, whatever is right in front of you. And I think that's helpful because I've had folks say to me like, are you kidding me? You want me to be more mindful? My mind is racing already. Um, and it's the opposite. It's, it's actually picking one thing to be present with rather than being on that spin cycle over and over. So you mean I don't have to like go over what's going to happen five years from now every time I go to sleep at night? Apparently. Five years ago? <laughs> I live in the past. I don't live in the future. Whatever. <laughs> it, could, it could be all the things wrapped up into one. All the things. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that's interesting about practicing mindfulness is you start to learn what your default is. I'm, I'm the same, I, I am always planning. I'm looking forward, I'm, I'm trying to solve whatever problem could possibly arise. And I learned that in a meditation class when I just, I observed that that's where my brain goes when left to its own devices. Very cool. So I guess with, when we talk about mindfulness and incorporating that, what kind of things would we be considering mindfulness, like to be in the present moment? How do you, how do you implement that? How do you do that? Fantastic question. So one of the things that I find most exciting is that there are a lot of ways to do it. And I think we think of practicing mindfulness as you have to sit on a cushion with your eyes closed for 45 minutes. Saying om. Saying om. That's important. <laughs> and that's absolutely a way to do it and a lovely way to do it. But there are a lot of other ways. So just like we talk all the time in our work about how there's not one size fits all for exercise. There's not one size fits all for nutrition. It's same deal um, for mindfulness, for mental health in general. So... In my mind, I sort of split it into what I call formal mindfulness practice and then informal mindfulness practice. So formal is when you're sort of intentionally saying, okay, I'm sitting down now to do a mindfulness practice. This is my set aside time. But then you can also just practice mindfulness out and about in the world. So like a, one that I really like is to practice it while I'm brushing my teeth. And so rather than letting my brain cycle about what the, what the day ahead is and what I need to think about, what I need to worry about, I try and just zoom in on, okay, interesting. How does it feel to be moving my brush in this way? And just to get grounded, um, uh, our colleague Karen shared with me that she's been doing that with the hand washing, which we're all doing a lot of these days. She takes that as a mindful moment to just sort of tune into her, her physical sensations. Oh, cool. Okay. That's actually what I personally love about exercise. Mm. Because when I get that feeling when I, when I'm exercising, when things become uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. when I'm getting that muscle fatigue, when I'm sucking wind, when I'm feeling that fatigue, it's almost like a forced connection totally. with your body because yes. you're not thinking about what's gonna happen later in the day or what happened yesterday. You are fully in the moment of like, well, discomfort, I guess. Right. <laughs> but what the heck is my body doing? Mm -hmm. But but even even like things like yoga where it's not necessarily uncomfortable, but it is it's forcing you to cue into what is your body doing and Yeah, exactly. But um 
when we think about like uh, the exercise part of that, what I find really cool too, when you're saying like it's exercise, meditation, and motion, mm-hmm. the other piece that I think that's really fascinating is the after effects. So when you're done with the exercise and you have that flood of endorphins, and then I don't really find myself stressing or dwelling on anything mm-hmm. for that matter. I'm just usually like, oh, the world's okay right now. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Well, and a lot of teachers say that the best time to meditate is after you exercise because you've kind of gotten all your jitters out and you're in that sort of calmer space. They say that with dogs, too. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do. If you're going to train your dog, they say get them out for a walk I first because they won't have the mental focus until they get that physical exercise I out. learned something Perfect. similar when I was in my undergrad, something like that, where a professor, one of my um, kinesiology classes, was like, okay, everyone has to do some form of exercise, and then I want us to rogue memorize these words. Mm. And uh, he had us memorize different set of words prior, and then we had to compare how well we did the second time around, and if we found that we did better after we incorporated, like, I think it was 30 jumping jacks. We all had to do jumping jacks in the middle of a classroom, <laughs> you know, but we did it, and I, that was so neat. And it, it does, it really primes the brain, and I think that's really cool. And so it sounds like the crux of mindness, mindfulness, is being in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not clearing your brain. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because that is the number one misconception is people will say, well, I just don't meditate because I'm bad at it. My, my, I can't clear my brain. And the beautiful thing, good news, everyone, <laughs> that's not the point and it, it won't happen. And so there is this lovely... Um, metaphor where the, the whole point is that you're trying to bring your, your attention into one place and it is going to wander away. That's It's just going to happen. The point is that you are honing the skill of noticing when your brain has gone where you didn't mean for it to be, going, whoops, there goes my brain, and gently coming back to your point of focus. And then you're there for maybe a couple of breaths and then it happens again and you pull it back. And so a teacher that I had called that the magic moment, because the moment you notice you're gone, you have a choice. You can either berate yourself for getting distracted and being quote unquote bad at this, or you have an opportunity to practice being kind and being willing to start over and and being gentle with yourself and going, oh, whoops, there goes my brain, come on back. Um, Speaking of training dogs, that's another way to think about it is if you're training a puppy, and they're you know meandering off you don't want to yank the puppy back you just say hey puppy come on come on back this way Uh, and that's the same energy we want to we want to bring to ourselves when we're kind of refocusing that energy and you also want that positive reinforcement yes so if you're trying to learn to be mindful you're trying to learn to meditate the second you start berating yourself it becomes a negative experience and why would I want to do that exactly yeah, we, we, I don't dig negative experiences. I've had plenty of those. Yeah, good. <laughs> we've got enough of them. <laughs> yeah, we, we have, have enough. We have enough in our lives. Um, so we're talking like the mental focus and the mental mindfulness. So like what about physical mindfulness? Because I know you said you're kind of in that too. Mm-hmm. So like we talked about exercise, which I would say is physical mindfulness mm-hmm. in a sense. But what other things would you deem that physical mindfulness? Yes. So this also is good news for folks who have trouble sitting still for a long time. Uh, again, if you can't tell, the, the thing that I get really excited about is the way that there are lots of ways to practice this and that I, I get excited about the idea of opening up mindfulness to people who think that it's not for them or that they can't do it because I think we have sort of this stuck conception. And again, I care about it because it's been so helpful to me 
So anyway, that's why I get jazzed about this. But um, so there are some things that are specifically designed to be mindfulness in motion. So Tai Chi um, is a practice of moving uh, slowly and fluidly and being present with the breath. Uh, yoga, of course, is quite similar. Another one I really like is walking meditation or walking mindfulness, which is as simple as it sounds. Uh, you go for a walk, and rather than letting your brain go all over the place, you try and just be with your physical senses. So. And there are lots of recordings that will guide you through this because it's not necessarily intuitive to do by yourself. But tuning into how your feet feel on the ground, uh, sounds around you, physical sensations. And uh, part of my background was teaching mindfulness specifically for the workplace. And so I would tell folks, okay, when you get up from your desk to go get some coffee, rather than writing an email in your head, use those 30 seconds and just feel your feet on the ground and just let that sort of get you grounded. Because the nice thing about your feet is it's the furthest you can get from your brain. So it just <laughs> takes you out of your head and into being literally grounded a little bit more. Okay. See, I, it's, it, it's cool because I, I do the Tai Chi and I just, I, I know they call it meditation in motion, but in my own brain I was like, it's like yoga. And then I was like, it's exercise. And that's really what I was just thinking. And I never really put the two and two together. Mm -hmm. And I see that and I can recognize that now. So that's good. Yay. <laughs> we love learning new things. Yay. We're here to learn. I love it. <laughs> And there's also on that same topic, I know you have advised in some of my classes some like touching your fingers yes, and some of these like tactile ways to bring yourself back into the moment as well. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Uh, I learned it at a workshop of Mindfulness for Kids and I've taught it to so many grown-ups and I actually know a couple of our coworkers here have taught it to their kids. So I'll just describe it really quickly is you just take your pointer finger of whatever hand you write with and you just trace around your fingers in time with your breath. So I might inhale as I trace towards my fingertip and exhale back towards the palm and just continue going around and then you, you bring your attention to either the breath or the feeling of the hand or sort of both at the same time. And it, it's this sort of soothing rocking motion but it also helps you get grounded, gives you something to focus on. And that brings up another point where the, the classic thing is to focus on your breath. And the lovely thing about your breath is it's always there and it's free. <laughs> However, that's not always a relaxing place for folks. When I first started meditating, because I have asthma, I would like forget how to breathe. And so then focusing on my breath was very stressful. And so again, with this sort of different ways to do it, you don't have to do a breath focus one. Um, I love a good body scan where you're just checking in with different parts of your body, even just paying attention to where your hands are resting, lots of kind of different ways to do it. And the other one that you mentioned, mm -hmm. I'm just going to steal all the I love things it. That, that Carissa's ever told me. You're so fortunate to work with her regularly. <laughs> Believe me, I know it. Aww. Believe me. I got like a little glimpse of it. It was the best. And then she went away. <laughs> but the noticing five things in your, in your environment. Mm. And this resonates with me a lot. Years ago, I was introduced this when I was doing my thesis in graduate school and I was working with soldiers with PTSD mm. and one of the solid foundations of P or like a tool set for PTSD is when you're when you're spiraling you notice five things in your environment you call out five things like whether you see it sense it feel it whatever and then you brought it up when we were teaching some mindfulness and that really is a way to get yourself in the moment right now. Absolutely. And I think that also brings up 
how can I explain this? So the, what we're trying to do with mindfulness is to be clued into physical sensation. So not so much thinking about something as directly experiencing it. And so that's why tuning into the five senses is really helpful. And it also, it forces you to be curious. So again, if I'm sitting in an environment and my brain is spiraling about something, and then someone says to me, okay, name five things you can see, it shifts me out of that. And I have to go, okay, uh, well, there's a clock and there's this. Uh, the other variant on that is to literally go through the five senses. So uh, there's, you do five things you can see, four things you can feel or touch, three things you can hear, and then you can either do two smell, one taste, or if there's not a lot of that going on, uh, one of each and then one gratitude. Okay, I like that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you this question, and it's, I guess it's on topic, but not quite related to what we were just discussing, but it's been kind of like in my brain, and I want to get it out before I forget it. So when you meet those people who are like, well, I've tried everything, I just, I just can't, it doesn't work for me, it's mm -hmm. not for me. What would you say to them? What do you say to them to be like, well, it is for you. Sure. Like, I don't think that's going to work if you told me that, but. <laughs> yes. Well, I usually start by asking them what they've tried, because usually when they say I've tried everything, they mean they've tried different forms of the breath focus, but that might not work for them. So introducing them to the idea that you can, you can do this in motion, you can, uh, you can do this. I mean, even technically, you know, there are things that get us into what's called a flow state, and that's kind of what Annalise was talking about with the exercise where you're just doing what's right in front of you. But there are different things that can cause that, like making art, being creative, you tend to just be right focused on what's right in front of you. And then I, I tell them that I think the time thing is also a big consideration for folks. They just, they've tried, you know, they've gone to a class where you have to sit in silence for 45 minutes and they hated it. Fair enough. Uh, so, <laughs> and there's value in that. And, the, and there, there is, I'm going on my own tangent now, but um, there is some benefit to the longer you sit, the more your mind does settle. And so conversely, if you've only ever tried one minute of meditation, yeah, you were probably still, uh, they, they say it's like shaking a snow globe. And so it takes time for that, that snow oh, to settle. Full of good analogies. I love I this. love an analogy. Can you tell? Um, but so, you know, research shows that one minute, five minutes can, can help. Uh, even just one deep breath every now and then uh, is a good idea. And so <laughs> I think even just kind of plugging that into our world. But getting creative. Um, washing the dishes is one that a lot of folks use. And what's cool is you don't have to like the task <laughs> to benefit. I hate washing dishes. You don't have to benefit. You don't Amen. have to like it. <laughs> I have a husband who does it. I'm good. <laughs> You're lucky woman. <laughs> I, I cook, he cleans, it works. Beautiful. I, I bought a dishwasher, so I I, I, I married a dishwasher. <laughs> I'm filled with envy. <laughs> but there's been studies that show that uh, if you are, even if you're doing a task you don't like, if you are fully present in that moment, you are happier than if you were distracted. And so it's super interesting. And so just being present, getting curious. I mean, all these things we do day in, day out, and we don't pay attention to how they feel uh, can be a really interesting way to go about it. I like that you bring that up because, you know, my thing when I'm super stressed out and I'm spiraling, as you would say, uh, I clean. Yeah. Uh, I clean my house. And it's not like just dishes. I'm like, I'm going to get the baseboards. I'm yes. Gonna get the fans. Like, I'm getting <laughs> things that I would clean. not clean. And I'm not one of those people who's like, like cleaning as I'm doing that. I'm, I focus on what I'm doing and exactly. I always feel better yes. after I do that. Perfect example. 
Yeah, see, like, I'm having an aha moment around mm. this because I'm wondering if that is part of what defines the hobbies that we find ourselves interested in. Interesting. So that's something, This now I'm like, I want to look into this because is that what defines the hobbies that we're interested in? It's the activity that brings us into the moment and mm. allows us to get out of the past and future thought and then because that is our effective mode, that becomes our favorite hobby. Right. Well, like Melanie said, we don't like negative experiences, but being in the present moment is a positive experience. And so, yeah, I think that's a super interesting point that we probably pick the hobbies that bring us peace or pleasure. And a lot of times that is because they allow us to just whoosh, just be in one place. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I, that's interesting you bring that up because I can think like, oh, that does make sense. Because I'm thinking like there, there's a video game that I used to play that I would just like be sucked into it. Yeah. And I, I, hours would go by. Right. I'd be like, oh man, it's midnight. <laughs> I should go to bed. So I get that. I understand that. And it makes sense now. So I think it is also an aha moment for myself. Love it. Yes. We're full of ahas today. What an exciting day. <laughs> and so if you're listening to this podcast, we want to know. We want to know. Put it in the comment field. Does that resonate with you? Yes. Does your hobby of choice bring you out of the past and future mindset and bring you into the present moment? This would be a very interesting thesis for somebody to write. We're just giving someone some ammunition yeah. for a thesis somewhere. There we go. <laughs> someone to listen to us big. Ha ha! I can graduate with that. Well, good. Okay. So there's something that's coming to, to my mind right now, partly because I'm looking at a rack of weights right now. Um, <laughs> We're in a gym. We are, we are recording this in a gym. Six feet away. Don't worry. Um, so yet another metaphor. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. So with the, the getting distracted and the coming back, another way we can talk about that is it's like doing reps for your brain. And so when you're lifting weights, let's say you're doing bicep curls, you don't just hold the heavy thing and just stand there. I'm sure there's some exercise where there, that's a thing, but not with a bicep curl. The point is you bring the weight far away from you and then you have to exert effort to bring it back. And it goes away and you bring it back. And every time you're strengthening the bring it back muscle, that's what's happening in your brain. And I have felt this myself because I am as easily distracted as a dog with a squirrel. But the more <laughs> I am on my meditation practice, I can catch myself faster and go, whoops, that's not where I meant for my brain to be. And just like doing strength training makes daily living earlier, earlier, easier, you can, you know, lift your groceries and whatnot. Doing that formal mindfulness practice makes it easier to be mindful in everyday life. And so to talk about, you know, the classes that, that we teach, uh, you know, we talk about weight management a lot. And so bringing mindfulness to when you're on autopilot, catching it and going, wait a minute, why am I grabbing this thing out of the fridge? Am I hungry? Do I want to put this in my body? And so you're building that skill by sitting and doing it, but then it, it makes your life easier and better and you're, there's more intention, which I think is one of the great gifts because there's nothing wrong with autopilot. If we didn't have autopilot, life would be really hard. <laughs> but there are things we do on autopilot that aren't serving us anymore. And so being able to catch that and notice it and make a different choice is very empowering. And how we develop the autopilot is by practicing things. Mm -hmm. So if we practice being in the moment, if we practice catching ourselves in stress cycles, yep. the better and more automatic pilot it can become to calm that stress cycle. Yes. Yes, and that's the whole thing, is that we want folks to build new habits that then become a healthy autopilot. But you can't do that unless you notice the autopilot that's not working and make a change to it. And 
this brings up my next question yes. that I really want to connect this to. We talked about mind-body connection, mm-hmm. right? Is there a physical benefit to this? So if I'm sitting yes. here listening to this and I'm like, I don't care about this, what what ways does this benefit me other than just like quieting my mind? Yes, okay. I get so amped about this. <laughs> I knew you would. I know. I was baiting it for you. <laughs> We're all nerds in our own way, and we found we where your really, nerd you is. You found mine. You guys can't see me, but I am clapping and trying not oh, to she, actually like, do it like so that it's... It's so amazing because, okay, like I said, mindfulness is always available to you, and it's free. And of course, there are, you know, whatnot. There are ways. But um, so one of the things that I find most interesting is that it benefits your immune system. Which, again, if we think about that example I was bringing up before, where stress makes us more likely to be sick, this is the fix to that. Uh, it, it calms your whole system down, and it boosts your immune system to the point where I've even seen studies uh, where people with cancer have their immune system bounce back to where it was previous to treatment. Not saying this is the only treatment that one should use, but it's amazing to me that something so simple can be so impactful. So that's a really big one. Um, other, it's a lot of the stress-related diseases. So like um, irritable bowel, right? Uh, a lot of that is stress-related. And when you're stressed, you physically can't digest as well. And so calming your nervous system for that. Um, it also helps with anxiety and depression in a huge, huge way, almost as well as meds. And again, it's part of a, a whole um, mix of possible treatments. I'm, I want to be careful not to say that this will cure all your problems. It doesn't. But it's super interesting to me that it can be effective in all of these different ways. And one of the things it really, really helps with is what's called rumination, which is kind of what we've talked about before, where you're just having that same thought over and over, and you're not doing anything helpful with it. So the more folks practice mindfulness, they're able to sort of catch that and interrupt that cycle and and kind of come back. So those are, I know I'm going on a soapbox. Those are, <laughs> you, you stay up there, girl. All right. I like a soapbox. Love a good soapbox. So those are some of the direct benefits. But then there's sort of some of the side benefits, like we were just talking about, where it helps you be more mindful of the choices you're making in everyday life that affect your health, right? So the more mindful you are, the more often you catch yourself about maybe the food choices you're making, maybe the, the exercise choices you're making. Uh, oh, mindful eating is one we haven't talked about. I love that. That's a good topic. Yes. And I led one once, and uh, this guy, by the end of it, he was like, I hate this food that I brought for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I always eat so fast that I didn't notice, but this is, like, processed and terrible, and I need to shop differently. <laughs> All right. It's a win. Yay. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, because we, we talk about, at least with, with what we do, because we all teach the same program, mm-hmm. um, where we talk about mindfulness a lot, especially around food, especially about being aware of what you're doing and what you're eating. Yes. And I think that is absolutely true. If you get more awareness of what you're putting in your body, you go, wait a minute, mm-hmm. that's not what I want to be doing. I didn't even realize that. Exactly. And, and I think that's so powerful to be able to change things just by thinking about changing things. Yes. And we're often satisfied with less or different than we think we are. But again, we're eating on autopilot, we're watching TV, we're working, we're in the car, we're almost always multitasking while we eat. And so, and a lot of us grew up in the clean plate club. You, you just eat everything that's on the plate, whether or not you're still hungry. And so slowing down and noticing all of that can be really helpful. And I also always tell my people, like if you're gonna indulge in a treat, 
eat it mindfully. Be slow. Because sometimes what we do is, you know, we resist, resist, resist this this thing. I won't say a specific food. Insert your favorite one here. Um, <laughs> and then you finally go have it and you wolf it so fast that it wasn't even worth the calories. It wasn't even fun. It wasn't even pleasurable. So slowing down, savoring. Uh, there's actually some cool research that shows that pretty much the first three bites of a rich favorite food are all it takes for you to be satisfied. So um, one thing that I heard at least as far as um, like, you know, drinking and whatnot, like when they say like when you drink a beer, the, like the first three sips of the beer are the best sips of the beer. Mm-hmm. So that right there, it's kind of you think of that. And I know it's a ridiculous to say that because, you know, like health show, but it's true because oh, I've heard people. that in so many other places mm-hmm. that the first three sips of something or whatever it is that you're doing are the best. Right. Well, and I find that all the time, like, let's say I'm watching a movie and I'm having popcorn. Those first few bites are like, yes, the popcorn. Mm -hmm. And then my mind is on the movie and I'm just hand-to-mouthing it. And more often than not, I reach into the bucket and it's empty already. And I didn't even enjoy (laughs) the fact that I was, you know, having this special treat. So, yeah, playing with that, um, seeing if you can just pay attention to the first three bites. And then maybe you're all set. Maybe you're not. It's not a magic thing. But... How lovely if you could, you know, we've got the holidays coming up. You could go to a holiday party and enjoy the first three bites. Socially of... distanced holiday party. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but, you know, the first three bites of whatever, grandma's apple pie, and then you're good. You don't have to have a slice as big as your face necessarily to, to get the enjoyment out of it. Because food can be pleasurable and should be, but not if it's, if we take it so far that then it's not helping us in other areas. And usually we're we're doing that because we're feeding something else. Oh, yes. And I think that's where the power of mindful eating mm-hmm. comes in is that we use food for a lot of other reasons other than pleasure, other than nutrition. And when we go on autopilot with the food, we lose why we're eating an entire pizza. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we, one of the things we teach in our classes is that mind hunger versus belly hunger. Does my body physically need more fuel or is there something else that I'm trying to fix? And what I always tell folks is you deserve to resolve whatever that thing is. If you're bored or lonely or sad or whatever, you do deserve to feel better, but we can make different choices that will serve us better in the long term to, to cope with whatever's going on in that situation. Food is delicious, but it doesn't solve problems. Correct. <laughs> Would that it did. The, the only problem that it solves is hung, physical hunger. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And, and if you need certain nutrients, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. like, yes. that's literally it. Yep. And it does not solve your stress. It just makes you temporarily okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about, about coming up to the end. And I know we were, we were talking earlier about maybe a meditation. I don't know if that's something we wanted to do. Yes, definitely. Um, but before we get to the meditation, I want to touch on the fact that if you are listening to this and you're like, I, I don't know where to start, um, there's a couple of things. So if you are a Kaiser Permanente member, the Calm App Premium is free for you for a year. And if you don't know what the Calm app is, um, they have all kinds of cool stuff on there. They have meditation, breathing exercises, sleep stories. Always Carissa's favorite. 
I've used I've used those. They're amazing. They knock you out. I would listen to one about butterflies, and I don't I don't remember the ending because I fell asleep. Yes. <laughs> so the wings were very interesting. <laughs> I will say that interesting for about fifteen minutes of wings flapping, <laughs> but color it's great. <laughs> an absolute fabulous way to help you with your sleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm and, implying that they might be a little boring to knock you out, and it works. It's effective. Well, yeah, if they were stimulating, they would keep you up. It would defeat the entire purpose, Melanie. You don't know. Um, and so if you go to uh, kp.org slash self-care apps, you can download it from there. It'll have you sign into your KP account. And the other thing is, is that our fabulous Carissa does one-on-one appointments for um, mindfulness, wellness, connecting that that mind and body. And you guys heard her on the show. She's fabulous. So if you're wanting a little bit of one-on-one guidance, um, just come on over to positivechoice.org and um, click on those virtual mindfulness wellness appointments. Um, you can also leave a comment and we'll uh, forward that information on to Carissa. Yes. So Carissa, yeah. show, show us what one minute do let's do it yeah i'm all about the short ones so uh wherever you are just find yourself in a comfortable posture you can let your eyes come closed if you want to or just kind of let them unfocus we're just going to check in with a couple of different body parts again using those physical senses to get grounded Uh, we'll start with just one nice deep breath so at your own pace nice and slow in and let it out And then just feeling your feet on the ground or whatever surface they're resting on, checking in with those sensations. And then feeling any feelings in your legs and noticing points of contact with the chair or whatever surface you happen to be on or the air if you're standing. Noticing your hands, we have a lot of sensation in our hands so just sort of checking in with those feeling the arms letting the arms hang heavy like to imagine the shoulders melting down like candle wax and then bringing attention to your head and your face and we don't necessarily have to change anything although you can choose to relax any part you like but the idea is just to be curious about the physical sensations going on in your body, bringing us into that present moment. And then bring to mind something that you are grateful for. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to mind, good cup of coffee, someone in your life, sunshine. And just let that sort of flood you for just a moment. And then taking one more nice, slow, deep breath in and out and then you can start to bring some energy back to the body wiggling fingers and toes rolling out the shoulders if you notice during that that there's a part of your body that would like some TLC maybe a neck rub treat yourself to that you can blink the eyes open if they were closed and then head on back to your day Cool. Very nice, Carissa. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. See, it doesn't have to be 45 minutes. It can be. But even just 60 seconds can be a really nice grounding. Yeah. Love that. So hopefully you guys are leaving today's podcast with feeling a little bit 
more light, mm-hmm. a little stress-free. And um, thank you so much, Carissa, oh, for joining my us. My pleasure. Thank you. thank you for having me. And to our listeners, take good care of yourself. You deserve that. Most of us are really good at taking care of other people, and we forget to pivot that back towards ourselves. So do whatever that means for you. Well said. Love that. So if you guys have any questions, then leave them in the comment field. And um, we have so enjoyed having Carissa here today. And hopefully she'll come back for uh, maybe a second. I'd be delighted. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Well, until next time, everybody. All right, you guys. Bye.